Vox Quick Hits. 2020 put the problem of police violence front and center. For much of the summer, protests erupted across the country decrying police violence against Black Americans. Months later, and the situation isn't markedly better. An estimated 70 people were killed by the police in January alone, and February is on track to match. Black Americans are much likelier than Latinx Americans and white Americans to be killed by police. There are reform proposals on the table, but their future is unclear. Vox's Sean Collins is here to talk about the scope of the country's police violence problem, some of the ideas activists believe could solve it, and whether there's enough momentum at the federal level for real change. May 25th will be the one-year anniversary of George Floyd's killing by police, which obviously sparked mass protests and calls for police reform across the country. Has the situation improved at all since then, Sean? Yes and no. So yes, in the sense that there's been this huge civil rights movement, there's people in the streets, and there's been some attempts at legislation on the federal level. There's a George Floyd Justice and Policing Act that went through the House successfully last Congress and is about to be reintroduced again to this Congress uh, next month. But then on the flip side, you could say there's not been much change because, I mean, the fact of the matter is there's still a lot of Black Americans who are dying. Uh, There's still a lot of police violence going on. Just a few weeks ago, there was a prominent incident in Rochester, New York, where a nine-year-old girl was put in the back of a police car and and restrained and, and pepper sprayed as she called for for police to get her parents. So in that sense, no, uh, things have not gotten better. Yeah. What is the scope of the problem here? It's national and and really international in scope. But uh, just to to focus on the U.S., it's sort of multi-layered. So there is at the top layer, or maybe in, in the most dramatic sense, there are the police killings. People, some of them armed, some of them unarmed some of them black, some of them white, some of them of other races who are being shot uh, and killed by police. Then there's the police violence. There's people who are getting beaten. There's a prominent case in Florida where uh, a school resource officer at a high school slammed a a black teenage girl to the ground and and she hit her head on the concrete uh, and it was filmed in, in a clip that went viral. But then beyond like the killings and the violence, there's just sort of Also, the fear that black people particularly have of police because of these incidents, because there's this sense that this this threat of violence or even death is kind of omnipresent, and you you never quite know how an interaction with a police officer might go. Uh, You you see a police officer and you wonder if if you might not be the next George Floyd or or if you might not end up beaten or or pepper sprayed or or something like that. And that that also kind of takes a, a mental toll as does the sense that many black communities have that they are over-policed, uh, that they just are being harassed for no reason or, or that they you know, can't go a few blocks without seeing a police car and just sort of feel uh, as if they're in a police state and that there's no way to, to kind of report these, these incidents of police brutality, that, that nothing happens, that an officer might kill someone but then doesn't end up in prison or there's uh, brutality but those allegations aren't fully investigated. So there's a sense of frustration, a sense of fear that comes along with 
the more high-profile cases of, of killings and, and violence. You recently outlined a pair of policy proposals that could potentially take aim at addressing police violence in the U.S. One of them was the BREATHE Act. What is that? There's a group, uh, or really a collection of groups, called the Movement for Black Lives. Uh, they're activists. They protest and, and lobby and things like that, but also have a group of people who work on policy. And they created a proposal called the BREATHE Act that is very broad-ranging. And what it tries to do is kind of attack the roots of what leads to bad outcomes in policing at the federal level. And so it does this in part by defunding a lot of federal policing. And so it's it's sort of, there's one layer that's at the federal level that, you know, defunds or or takes money away from the FBI and DOJ and things like that. And then there's the second layer that goes to uh, state and local governments and uh, offers them grants and incentives to adopt policing reform. And then there's a the third level that goes to community organizations to kind of help them enrich and make their communities safer and, and, and more vibrant. Another idea that you looked at is oversight, basically something modeled after the 1965 Voting Rights Act, but, but for policing. What would that look like? Yeah, so there's some activists who say... You know, we just need to defund the police or we need to abolish the police even. But there's others who say, you know what, policing is going to be with us. There's too much resistance to doing those sorts of broad reforms. We need to fix what we have and, and, and sort of work in the system that we have. And one way of doing that that has been proposed is this Voting Rights Act style proposal uh, that is from two professors, uh, Jason Mazzoni and Stephen Russian. So the Voting Rights Act worked in that it's created these thresholds for state and local governments to meet in order to avoid federal oversight. So states that had poll taxes or they had like reading tests or had different restrictive things to keep people from registering to vote, they automatically uh, received uh, federal oversight. And, and in that same way, this act would create sort of triggers that if a state or local law enforcement group failed to meet, they would be automatically enrolled in an oversight program and the government would come in and, and make changes. And those triggers could include things like, you know, if there were a certain number of police killings that a department did in a year, or, or if a uh, local government had to pay out a certain amount of money in police settlements, or if uh, there were a certain number of chokeholds or a certain number of arrests that were done, then automatically the federal government would come in and say, no, you can't do that. We're going to change your, your policing program to ensure that it meets certain federal standards. Do you have a sense of how much impetus there is, at least at the federal level, for real action here right now? Yeah. So uh, in a way, this is a, a good time to be pushing reform. There's been a lot of activism. There's a lot of grassroots energy. And then there's a new president and a new Congress now controlled by Democrats. And many Democrats during the last election cycle said that they wanted to do some sort of policing reform. President Joe Biden has said the same. Different parts of the different Democratic Party want to do different things, but broadly the reforms that are sort of on the table are a lot more measured than many activists are calling for, certainly more measured than the Voting Rights Act style reform, or and definitely more measured than the BREATHE Act. But there is energy to do something. In fact, the um, George Floyd uh, Justice and Policing Act that went through the House 
uh, is meant to be up for another vote in March. It passed the House last time, and it would be expected to pass the House again. The Senate is now controlled by Democrats, albeit narrowly, so it's not clear exactly if the George Floyd Act, as it is was written during the last Congress, would successfully clear the Senate. This time, or clear that 60-vote threshold needed to get through the Senate. Um, but one could imagine, particularly given that Senate Republicans did have their own legislation that was, again, more narrow than the BREATHE Act, uh, that some compromise might be able to be found. There is some hope for legislation to happen, but it's not looking super promising that the BREATHE Act or, or even the Voting Rights Act-style oversight uh, would be passed. Something might happen, but not something ambitious will happen. Yeah, something might happen, but something, maybe not something uh, so ambitious. Like, for instance, the uh, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act had like a, a, a federal chokehold ban. It would make state and local governments send more data about their policing to the federal government. It would uh, ban no-knock warrants. Uh, it would end qualified immunity so individual police officers could face legal risk uh, for misconduct. But it doesn't call for defunding ICE or getting rid of the DEA or, or any of the sorts of things that the Breathe Act does. Well, thanks for talking to me about this. I've been wanting to talk to you about this for a while. So I'm glad we got to do it. Yeah, same. Sean Collins is an editor at Vox. For more stories from Vox, you can check out the Vox Quick Hits feed wherever you get your podcasts. 